like to invite you this morning to open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, the last chapter in that book. And we're going to be reading um, verses 10 through 17. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. May the Lord bless his word this morning. During the time the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the believers in Ephesus. Soldiers used to put on armors before going to battle. An armor, as you see there, it's a defensive covering for the body. It is made out of metal and is to be used when they were going out in combat. Paul uses this analogy to let the newcomers know that they too are in a battle. It is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. It is a spiritual battle. Therefore, we must put on our spiritual armor every day. We cannot wait until the attack happens and then try to find out, well, what is it that I need to put on? How can I protect myself? Let me tell you that Satan, the enemy of our soul, has no mercy. He has a method to his madness. He has an object that he pursues. And guess who that object is? You and I. God has a good plan for us. In Jeremiah 29, 11, he tells us that. But the enemy of our soul also has a plan against us. He brings into our lives bondage and destruction and crisis and depression. It creates a division in our homes. And um, as Jesus tells us in John 10.10, 10, that the thief comes to uh, kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came so that we would have abundant life here and now. The Bible tells us that the enemy of our soul has a very well-organized army. We just read it in verse 12. Uh, it's made up of rulers and authorities and powers of the dark world 
spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, and they're always ready. Whether we believe it or not, they are powers in the unseen world, and you and I are powerless against them except through Jesus Christ and his army. When we know that we know that we're walking with Christ, they are more for us than against us. I know people say, well, I don't think there's a hell. Why, why would a good God, a loving God, send us to hell? Well, he doesn't. A loving God doesn't send anybody to hell. We send ourselves by the decisions that we make. And yes, he is a good and loving God. That's why he prepared a place for those that do not want to spend eternity with him. You and I have a choice in the matter. He has given us free will. The ability to say, yes, Lord, come into my heart. There is room in my heart for you. I want to yield and surrender my life to you. Or we could say no. Like Francis Sinatra used to sing, it's my life and I want to do it my way. We have a choice. It's not that God doesn't love us on the, con on the contrary. Love, God truly loves us, and that's why he gave us a free will. We must put on that armor, the armor of God daily, so that we can stand on our ground. And as you see there, the first one, the belt of truth in verse 14, the Roman soldiers used to put on a belt to hold their tunic in place. And we are called to gird our loins with the belt of truth. Now, you know that the loins uh, include the part between the hip bone to the lower abdominal region, front and back. And physically speaking, this is the area where the reproductive organs are located in the human body. We also need it in a, in a spiritual sense to guard the area with the belt of truth that reproduces others into the kingdom of God. But we must know the truth in order to share with other people. As Jesus tells us, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. There's a lot of philosophies and ideologies out there. And there are some false teachers also twisting the word of truth. And so we hear all of that. And we need to be able to discern, is this the truth of God? This that I'm reading or this that I'm learning or this that I'm hearing, is that the truth? Therefore, we need that belt of truth on. The second one is the, blessed, uh, the uh, breastplate of righteousness. Verse 14, and the soldiers used the breastplate to protect their vital organ. And what is that vital organ? The heart, absolutely. The heart is also our spiritual organ, and it is also vital. The Bible says in Romans 10.10, 10, with the heart we believe. We are also called to love the Lord our our God with all of our heart. Absolutely. 
And in Proverbs 4.23, we are told to guard our hearts above all things. And that's why we need to use that breastplate of righteousness. Now, this does not refer to self-righteousness, but to the righteousness that was ascribed to us when we accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. In Isaiah 61.10, we read, For he has dressed us with garments of salvation and arrayed me with a robe of righteousness. The third one is the sandal of peace, verse 15. The soldiers used these special sandals for traveling the rocky terrain. They were made out of three or four layers of a strong, durable leather and held together by iron nails. This shoe protected their feet as well as enabled the soldiers to hold steady or to move quickly when it was necessary. Likewise, the gospel of peace protects our feet and makes us ready to share the good news that leads others to the same peace that you and I are experiencing in Christ. When we experience this uh, peace with God, we are reconciled to him through Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us in Philippians 4, 7, that that peace, the peace of Christ, will guard our hearts. Friends, if there's something that the world needs today, it's the peace of Christ. In my whole entire life, I have not heard of as many people having anxiety issues. From little kids to the oldest one in the family. I hear people say all the time now, I'm dealing with my anxiety, my anxiety. Don't say that, my anxiety, it's getting the best of me. And it is real. Therefore, more than ever, believers in Jesus Christ need to dwell in that peace, need to meditate in the word of God so that the peace of God can guard our hearts, so that we can put that, our heads on that pillow at night and be able to sleep like a baby because we're trusting Jesus, because he's got everything under his divine control. The fourth one is the shield of faith, verse 16. And the shield protected the soldiers from the flaming arrows and the spears. A shield was a defensive weapon made out of either iron or steel. When David, the great king of Israel, was being persecuted by his own son Absalom, and he was hiding, he declared, But you, O Lord, are a shield around me, my glory and the lifter of my head. Psalm 3.3 Beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ is our shield. No matter what situation we're going through, he protects us from the darts of the enemy. Our faith is in him, in his promises and his word. The Bible says in Habakkuk 2.4, 
that the righteous shall live by faith. We must keep our eyes on Jesus, not on the situation. Jesus overcame the enemy over 2,000 years ago. That's why we need to study his word and memorize his word and know exactly what is it that we believe and why we believe it. The fifth one is the helmet of salvation, verse 17. Soldiers were helmets made out of bronze or iron to protect their heads. In the spiritual sense, you and I need to protect our minds because really that's where the battlefield is. Everything begins with that thought pattern. How many times have you thought something about something and then all of a sudden that thought kept going and going and going around your head for hours. Now you're worrying about it, you're meditating on it, and then afterwards you're being tormented by that thought. It all starts right here. That's why we need to be able to have that helmet of salvation on. Because the enemy is always bombarding our minds with fear, negativity, what if, worry, anxiety. In the garden, he tempted Eve through her mind, and she was then ruled by her mind, not by her spirit. You and I are called to renew our minds. Once we come to know Jesus, Romans 12, 2 tells us that we must renew our minds. How do we renew our minds? I'm so glad you asked. Joshua 1a, really simple. The Lord told Joshua, do not let the book of the law depart from you, but meditate on it day and night. Friends, garbage in, garbage out. We wonder sometimes how this young generation is doing certain things that they're not supposed to, acting in such violent ways. Well, you sit in front of one of those TVs or computers and you're playing your, those violent games for seven, eight hours, guess what? You're going to think that that's normal because it all begins right here. We need to be careful what we allow our eyes to see and our ears to hear. It all begins there, and there is power in our minds. The Bible says in Isaiah 26, 3, that he will keep in perfect peace those whose mind stay on him. The sixth one is the sword of the Spirit, verse 17. And we have already read what the sword of the Spirit symbolizes for us as believers, and it is the Word of God. We must be rooted and grounded in His Word. When Jesus was in the wilderness, Satan came to pay Him a visit, and He tempted Him three times. And the three times Jesus gave him the same answer. It is written, it is written, it is written. Jesus used the word of God to answer Satan. 
That's why we must know the word of God. And we must store it in our hearts. For his word will never pass away. Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away. But his word will stand forever. And it never comes back void. And the seventh one is prayer. Verse 18. We are called to pray without ceasing. It is through prayer that we put on the armor of God every morning before we leave our home. It is through prayer that you and I can walk victoriously through any crisis or situation. It is through prayer that we develop a closer walk, an intimate walk with God. Through prayer, we come to know God and trust him. We can't wait till we're going through a crisis to then trust God. We cannot trust someone that we don't know. We need to know the person before we can trust that person. It is through prayer that we come to know him. Years ago when I was studying the armor of God, I noticed that there was an area in the scriptures, as, as, we, as I study those verses, that was not covered. I don't know if you've noticed that when you studied the armor of God. Or if you know what that area is. I mean, the head is covered, the heart, the loins, and the feet. Right? But I noticed that the area that was not covered was the back. And we need to have our backs covered. So I was studying and talking to the Lord. And I said, Lord, the back has to be covered. And I kept reading back and forth. And why isn't it covered? It needs to be. And I kind of sensed God saying, but it is. And I said, well, if it is, then I want to know where, how. And I found it. It's in the word. I said, 52b says, for the Lord your God will go before you, and he will be your rear guard. He's with us, behind us, in front of us, beside us. We're never alone. That's why David, the great king of Israel, was able to say, and goodness and mercies, will follow me all the days of my life. Goodness and mercy to angelic beings following David and following us. In other words, we have two big bodyguards right there. All we have to say is come, follow me. See, we don't pray to angels. We only pray to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But we do invite angels to protect us and to be with us. I always pray for my girls and I pray for an army of angels to encamp around them. When my youngest daughter decided that she wanted to go away to school, but not in the United States, and she called me and told me. And I thought, okay, well, where do you want to go? 
And she says, I, I want to go to Europe. I want to go study in Europe. And inside of me, I said, oh, no. But I said, okay, we're going to pray about it. She says, well, if you're going to pray against it, then forget it. I'm not even going to apply. And I said, no, God doesn't work that way. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to pray for the Lord to direct your steps. Long story short, she, was, she applied to three schools, and she was accepted in the three schools, but there was one she really wanted to go to, and that's the one she went to. And of course, I went with her. I moved her there, went shopping, got her room together. We went to the school, and one night we were walking back, and I realized that she had to go to, to get to her house through this dark alley every night because she had a night class that semester. And one evening as I was praying, I always prayed for her, for the angels and all of that. But in the middle of the night, I woke up and I was so worried for her. I couldn't fall asleep just thinking about this child and having to be all by herself there and all of that. You know, if you're a parent, you know how that goes. And on and on and on. And I kept calling unto Jesus. And as I began to pray, all of a sudden, I had this vision that God had this huge, big angel behind her. And he said to me, I got her. And all of a sudden, the peace of Christ filled my heart in such a way. The following day, I called her and I told her, and she said, Mom, last night I was so scared when I was walking. But then all of a sudden, I remember that you said you would be praying, and I started to pray too. We serve a God that has an army of angels at our disposal. All we have to do is call on them, and they're right there. Charles Stanley told a story years ago about a time in his ministry when he was really struggling with life and ministry and lots of opposition everywhere. He had a lot of conflicts that he was dealing with. And one Sunday, as he was greeting people on their way out, a lady came to him and said, Pastor, you need to come to my house. And he hesitated because he thought, oh, is this woman going to chastise me too? I can't take one more. And the lady saw how he was just not sure what he was going to say. The lady said to him, Pastor, you have to. You must come to my house. So they made arrangements, and he went to visit her. And he said that when he walked in, he said, the lady said to him, come on in, I want to show you something. And walked him to her living room. And there was a picture of uh, Daniel in the lion's den. And she said to him, I want you to play, uh, pay close attention to this picture. And then let me see what you see. So he began telling her, Everything he saw, everything he knew about Daniel and his life and the lions. And Daniel was there standing with his hands on his back, looking up at a red light coming into the den. You know, that, that was the picture. And so he went on and, and he said everything he knew. 
And she still asked, son, is there anything else that you see? No, ma'am, he responded. She then put her arm around him and said, son, you missed the most important thing. What I want you to see is Daniel... He does not have his eyes on the lions. He has his eyes on God. And so should you. Beloved, you and I are called to a higher way to fight our battles. Yes, the devil is our enemy. And he's like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. What home can he destroy? What marriage can he break up? What child can he make uncomfortable and anxious? We know that. But if we put our full armor on, stay rooted and grounded on the word of God, and we keep our eyes on the author and finisher of our faith, God Almighty, then there is no weapon formed against us that can prosper. The trials will come. The crisis will come. We're in a fallen world. But as long as we keep our eyes on him, he is more than able to carry us through. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for the power of your word. We thank you for reminding us this morning that we fight a higher battle. Yes, we are in the world, but we are not of this world. Help us every day through prayer to put our spiritual armor on and to put it on our children as well, our grandchildren. Help us to stay the course and remain rooted and grounded in your word. For you have called us to a higher way of living. We are your children, created for good works. I pray that if there's anyone here this morning who has never said to you, come into my heart, Lord Jesus, there is room in my heart for you. Or they have been drifting away from you. I pray that today will be the day that they will say, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Your word says that when a sinner repent, there's a party in heaven. Thank you for your salvation. Thank you for your love. 
Give us thirst and hunger after your word. And help us to continue to look to you. Help us to go forward, not backwards. To let go of the past. Release the past. And move forward in you and through you. We pray this prayer in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.